Welcome to Tuesday afternoon here on Colombo and Katie on 101.9 and 94.1 News Talk STL. Katie is back in studio. I made it. Now that all the ice has thawed out, hopefully made it all the kids are back in school and everybody's back at work. Huzzah. And it is so good that you are here today. I don't know what's going on. Yesterday was a crazy day. We know that it's going to be a lot of crazy days Mm -hmm. because it's an election year and we have a presidential election that's going to be dramatic and we have a lot of local elections that are going to be dramatic. So there's going to be a lot going on. But yesterday was bad as far as just like so much to try to talk about. Today, it's like somebody dropped a news grenade like in the last hour. I and- saw Tony, <laughs> for everybody that didn't get to see this on the webcams, Tony was outside running around, had a phone call, and rushed back in here right before the show. But that's how things are happening seriously two minutes before yes. we were yes. starting the show. And it's and it's uh, national news and local news. So this is what we're going to do. And a few moments, in about 10, 15 minutes from now, We're going to talk to Crane Durham from nothingbuttruth.com, who we talk to every Tuesday afternoon. When we talk to Crane, that conversation will be mostly about the New Hampshire primary tonight and some of the news developing surrounding national politics and a few national stories. Uh, Before that, right now, and then also in about an hour from now, we're going to focus on these local stories. So we, and, and just after three o'clock, so a little less than an hour from now, we're going to be joined by the Secretary of State of the State of Missouri, Jay Ashcroft, is going to be with us. Uh, he is right now wrapped up in a controversy uh, regarding the um, uh, treasurer, the auditor, excuse me, of the State of Missouri, Scott Fitzpatrick, who released a report today that contradicts a report that was recently released by Secretary Ashcroft regarding voting machines and voter integrity and election integrity and election safety this year. So we'll explain that story and we will have that conversation with Jay Ashcroft in just about an hour. Right now, I wanted to focus on the other big story coming out of Missouri politics today. Um, I'm reading part of this directly from a story in the uh, post, so... Take that for what it's worth. And an escalation against a renegade group of Republicans. Mm-hmm. You already know. It's the post. <laughs> that sound that sound fair and balanced to you? Favorable at all. <laughs> That's the opening sentence of this story. And an escalation against a renegade group of Republicans. The Missouri Senate president said today he is stripping members of the faction from their committee leadership posts. This is the Missouri Freedom Caucus that they are talking about. Senate President Caleb Rowden removed State Senator Bill Eigel as chairman of the Senate Veterans Military Affairs and Pensions Committee. He also stripped committee chairmanships from Senator Denny Hoskins, Senator Rick Branton, and Andrew Koenig. The announcement, which caught many off guard today, is going to obviously continue a growing divide and separation, much like we saw 
on the national level, particularly during the removal of Kevin McCarthy with the the Washington, D.C. House Freedom Caucus and some of those members going against some of the more traditional, some would say swampy mm-hmm. members of the Republican Party. So we're seeing a our very own version of that play out. And this, talk about shots fired. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. To have every member of the brand new Missouri Freedom Caucus, which, by the way, our very own Tim Jones is the state director of. Yeah. Yeah, he's part so, of leadership. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. I mean, so this is, you know, it, Justin Sparks, repre- representative, he's not in the Senate, you know, he's in the House, but uh, Representative Sparks is a member of the Missouri Freedom Caucus. He's a regular on this show. He will be with us on Thursday afternoon. We may even talk to him before that. So looking forward to that. Of course, Nick Schroer um, is a regular on many of the Senator Nick Schroer is a regular on many of the shows here. He's a member of the Missouri Freedom Caucus. So these are some very recognizable, some very popular names mm-hmm. in the Missouri Republican Party. So it's going to be real interesting to see how this goes over with voters. Yeah, voters. And then I think even within the party, I mean, we have talked about this on a very regular, constant basis that right here in Missouri, we have an issue happening with Republicans and this divide and this faction, if you will, that started, um, I guess, beginning of January, maybe end of December was a, um, a reaction, was the reaction to things not going the way that that constituents believe it should be in the Republican Party. So they built this caucus. And now it it makes me wonder and it makes me a little bit nervous to see the kind of power that can be wielded to shut something like this down because of what? Because we don't like a filibuster because we don't like things that are being said. I mean, that's what I'm when we speak with Justin or tomorrow, we don't like being exposed, exposed it, that those are the questions that I have for Justin. Those are the questions that I have for Tim Jones. When we talk about this issue and we see things being taken away and, and a, an entire organization being destroyed, what is the purpose for this? Where did it start? Where did it begin? It just it makes me nervous. It makes me very nervous. And it just Tony makes me nervous for the the Republican Party in Missouri. Yeah. What does it mean for this party? If we are broken, what does it mean? That I think should be the biggest concern for Republican and conservative voters across the state of Missouri, because I can't speak for every member of the Missouri Freedom Caucus, but I've had in-depth conversations on and off air with Senator Schroer, Representative Sparks, who again is on the show every single week and we talk about this. And in those conversations, the main focus of the Missouri Freedom Caucus is to expose some of the corruption or some of the systems that are in place in Jeff City that aren't working for voters anymore. I mean, there's obviously there's there's obviously a lot more details than that. It's not that simple, but that's a pretty tough thing to disagree with. Yeah. And so if you're going to take this stand 
and you're going to label them as um, Caleb Rowden has as the Chaos Caucus. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Right, Chaos Caucus. Yeah. Um, you better have a really good reason why. And are they chaos? More than I just mean, I don't like them. Yeah. Like, what's the reason why you're removing these? Elected officials. Now, they're not elected to, you know, you, the voters don't put you into chairmanships and leadership positions. But these are, you know, representatives from voters in the state of Missouri that are being not silenced, but minimalized, at least to a certain extent. At the beginning and what's, yeah, and, of the legislative and if you're gonna session. Do, if you're going to do that, you better have a real good real legitimate reason why it's that and, and there's not really any reason why except i mean this yeah, is so brand of, new yeah. this is so brand new it's just like the report is this happened it was totally unexpected he calls them the chaos caucus <laughs> and boom it's done and yeah and there's there's very there's very few details there's going there's going to be a lot of details <laughs> very very soon so um we we will touch on this also with with secretary of state uh, Jay Ashcroft, uh, uh, when we talked to him a little mm-hmm. after three o'clock, obviously this afternoon when the Tim Jones and Chris Arp show starts, Tim will have some great insight and uh, we may get some more details from others as the afternoon goes on. But this is a brand new situation and, and you better have <sighs> you better have some real good reasons. And I'm searching for. That reason. And we better know them. It the reasoning yeah, right. shouldn't be something that's talked about and then that and then it's dropped after they have a meeting about it in Jeff City. I mean, we we deserve to know what those reasons are. We'll get them. I mean, Nick Schroer, Justin Sparks are not shy when it comes to saying how they feel and what's going on. But my worry is it's it's is it just going to stay in the bubble of Jeff City and then not be released to the rest of the no. people on why? No, it won't be. I mean Maybe it will be by people that are trying to silence mm. the Freedom Caucus, but the Freedom Caucus members are not going to stay quiet, and they're going to they're going to shout from the mountaintops, you know, right. whatever they've been told and the reasons that they've been given. So we'll get this information. It's the beginning of the legis- It's still the, it's beginning. the beginning of the legislative session. It's still January of 2024, <laughs> and we are off and freaking running this year. So. This is a big deal. We'll continue to keep an eye on it. Again, we may get more information as we go through the show this afternoon. We'll definitely, hopefully, get some information from Tim Jones when their show starts today at 4 o'clock. So keep it here for all of that. Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft coming up just after 3 o'clock. And today is, by the way, the New Hampshire primary. (laughs) That's happening. (laughs) And so uh, here we go again. Another chance to see what uh, voters think about uh, now the two remaining candidates. Can Nikki Haley uh, have a good showing, uh, a good enough showing tonight to make the case that she should stay in the race? Uh, I have the latest poll numbers. Also, I have there's there's a couple stories out today that um, both candidates have some some positive stories that they can highlight 
One may have more negative stories than the other, mm. but they both have a little bit of momentum going into tonight. So uh, I'll explain what all of that is, and we will discuss what we think may happen tonight. We'll make our predictions. Is this Nikki Haley's last stand? Donald Trump at his rally last night said that uh, he thought that after tonight, after the New Hampshire primary tonight, um, that would, Nikki Haley would drop out and this thing would be over. Nikki Haley's not necessarily agreeing with that. So, yeah, we'll dive into all of this and more next with Crane Durham from NothingButTruth.com on Colombo and Katie. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on (laughs) NewstalkSTL.com. Say something before yeah. we go. Mm-hmm. So when Ethan was in here with us in training, yeah, uh, after the show, he was like, "So, what? Do, what were you trying to tell me when Tony was singing? Like, do I not put him on? Ah, like, do I ah. not turn on his microphone while he's singing?" I'm like, well, no, hey, you turn gonna, on the microphone. I mean, you'll never get to turn the microphone on <laughs> if you're waiting for me to stop you'll, singing. You'll do that. He's like, well, was I not supposed to do that? I'm like, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's something to get used to. Tony's if you want to hear some more of that great singing, see this little transition? Here we go. Here we go. Saturday night. Look, I told you it's like a news grenade went off this week, um, especially today. So if you want to unplug and get away from some of this stuff and have a little bit of fun, with me and Katie and Mark Close from KC95 and a whole bunch of our musical friends. We are playing a show this Saturday night out at Westport Playhouse. Uh, all proceeds for the show goes to Thrive St. Louis. Um, and that is thanks to our sponsors, Weber Chevrolet and Gutter Pros. Can't thank them enough for all their support of the local music scene and allowing us to put on this great show and give all of the proceeds to Thrive St. Louis. But it's going to be just a blast. Lenny Mink is uh, playing as well. So it's it's Lenny. And then it is Mark Close from KC95 and his band, Closest Quarters. And then our band, uh, Katie and I have a band that's called Tony Colombo and the North County Sound Machine. And it will music. It's a lot of sing-alongs, a lot great. of party. Like, that's it, just a Things you fun know. party atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, songs you know from across many decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just going to be an absolute blast. And we have some surprise guests and... You know, fun things planned for the evening. So come out and join us. It's going to be a party and it's all for a great cause. Again, that is this Saturday night at Westport Playhouse. You can get your tickets now on the Westport Playhouse website, westportplay.com. I have a link to it also on my Twitter at Tony Colombo Talk. You can get them there as well. And we hope to see you out there this Saturday. And I promise Katie sings a lot more than I do. (laughs) We both sing. We both sing. And you get to see the amazing Perry Woods yes. on guitar and Alonzo Jameson on drums and Tilton Yokely on bass. I mean, yeah. It and is. Mark Close. And you'll get to see Mark drums. Close playing drums. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be awesome. Mark and I have been wanting to do a show together for l- literally years. Um, and uh, finally, everything worked out perfectly. We got the perfect venue, perfect setup, great sponsors. It's going to be awesome. So we hope to see you out there this Saturday night at Westport Playhouse. Again, westportplay.com. Get your tickets now. All right. Diving back in. It is the New Hampshire primary tonight. And to help break it down on the line with us is Crane Durham from nothingbuttruth.com, who joins us every Tuesday afternoon at this time. And Crane, brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. 
and brothers are hugging, but it's a quick hug and then a look at each other and say, let's get to it. <laughs> it's a it's a knowing hug. <laughs> it's, it's a, a knowing, knowing it's a hug knowing that we got to get down to business. Um yes. Uh, before we make any predictions or talk about uh, uh, any of the stories that have developed in the last 24 hours or so out of New Hampshire, I want to give you the latest poll numbers from Real Clear Politics, the which which literally was updated. These are different. These numbers are slightly different than they were yesterday. So there were new poll numbers factored in uh, as 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 recently as yesterday. Um, the and what will be the last uh, polls too show that Donald Trump has a fifty five point eight percent lead. Nikki Haley has thirty six point five percent of the vote. Ron DeSantis, who of course isn't even in the race anymore, has eight percent of the vote. So um, Nikki Haley thirty six point five percent. That sounds like a big number, but when Trump's at basic at nearly fifty six, um, it doesn't sound quite as big anymore. Are you expecting any surprises tonight, Crane, or do those numbers sound right about right to you? They sound about right, and I'm not expecting any surprises. It's it's hard because you look for something that was said or something done in the way of changing the dynamics. And what we've seen is DeSantis dropping out and going for Trump and supporting Trump, and we hear more endorsements for mm. Trump with former contenders like Tim Scott. Yeah. Yeah, you actually you read my mind with that because um, that was one of the big stories of the day. They, the, the list of people who have endorsed Donald Trump compared with the list of people that have endorsed Nikki Haley. Mm. Um, it, it, I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can officially say that the party is starting to unite, but let me just give you a few of the notables here. Um, as I mentioned, Republicans are picking sides now with only two candidates left. Here are a few notable politicians who have endorsed Donald Trump for president in 2024. Governor Ron DeSantis, Representative Nancy Mace, House Majority Leader Steve Scalise, Senator Ted Cruz, uh, Senator Tom Cotton, Senator Kevin Kramer, Senator Josh Hoven, Senator Katie Britt, uh, Majority Whip Tom Emmer, uh, Conference Chair Lee Stefanik, National Republican Congressional Committee Chair Richard Hudson. Uh, I mean, this list goes on and on. Speaker Mike Johnson, Mark, Marco Rubio, uh, 24 sitting senators and over 116 members of the House of Representatives, according to ABC. And it's much harder to even find a list of Nikki Haley supporters. But from what I was able to uh, research today, there's two governors that, that are supporting Nikki Haley, Phil Scott from Vermont and Chris Sununu of New Hampshire, who's been very vocal today. Um, former Arkansas Governor Asia Hutchinson is also supporting Nikki Haley. Um, no members, no current, yeah, no current members of Senate, and only one uh, current United States Congressman, and that is Ralph Norman of South Carolina. Um, former Speaker Paul Ryan has endorsed Nikki Haley, and uh, a couple of interesting names in Megan McCain and Judge Judy, but um, <laughs> uh, definitely seems like when it comes to the party, the active Republican Party right now, Donald Trump has done uh, has gone a long way to consolidate support. Um, do you see it that way? Do you see the party starting to unite behind Donald Trump, or is there still some division and uh, some some trepidation with the former president? 
Well, I do see the party coming together, but I don't see people who are not with Trump changing their minds mm. right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it is. I think Donald Trump is running it a great campaign in the way of strategy and execution. He has done a brilliant job. I I didn't like what he did, but he's done a brilliant job at it. And so now we have a chunk of voters within the Republican Party, maybe as high as 25%. As we get closer to the election, most likely we'll see maybe 15%. But all hands on deck for that for the general. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do that, he, he loses his opportunity to retake the White House. Mm-hmm. And we're stuck with, well, I don't know who's going to be, but possibly Joe Biden. Now, wh- one of the tactics that's used by Donald Trump, uh, former President Trump, is to assassinate the character of the people that he's running against. Yes. OK. Mm-hmm. And. That's it. You don't, <laughs> and then immediately well, forgive them when he when they support him. <laughs> yeah, and, and a very very nice man. Yeah, I mean, I, he, he talked about DeSantis. Yeah, exactly. And, and people know that to the degree, but if you're trying to persuade somebody to vote for you within your camp, that's not a good way to do it. I agree. I and said that yesterday. I agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're on the same wavelength here. It's the idea of persuadables and gathering people to your side. And it I don't think, hey, this is really bad versus this was really bad. It will drive up numbers, but it's not gonna it's not gonna tip the balance. What's gonna tip the balance is Americans going, you know what? America's in a real hole and the threat to democracy thing what, what I look at and evaluate when I see a person up there as Donald Trump talking to me on the television screen and addressing that, I, I don't think I, I don't see a dictator. Right. Mm-hmm. And however one feels about those arguments, you've got to make the argument that you are the man for the job and take away at least a chunk of the people who are concerned about being put out by your undemocratic history mm-hmm. when it comes to the January 6th. Yeah, yeah. Whenever we look, Crane, at the general, and you're correct, it's all hands on deck at that moment and at that time, or else it will be Biden. Do you see from your expertise in looking at polls and calculations and all of that, do you see the Republican Party as more of the establishment and I would call Nikki Haley maybe more of the establishment um, candidate or do you see people wanting something new that they could possibly find under a Trump presidency where do you see Republicans I see Republicans that, that did not support Donald Trump looking at the reality and saying hey that's where it is hmm. Donald Trump's got it okay I've got to work within this system and within the system, you make your case and you always advocate for what you believe. Mm-hmm. The uh, Nikki Haley, I just don't think she's a very good communicator. I agree. And on the stump and, and the way she answers questions at this time, what you need to communicate to the American people is urgency there that we don't have time left here. 
when it comes to the border, when it comes to our posture in the world of weakness, which invites aggression. So somebody who gets that is Donald Trump. He gets the urgency. He addresses it one head on. And the issue that is crept up to be number one, apparently by the latest polls, is immigration. And mm-hmm. he's talking about saying, we've got to send them all back. And that's what you should do because you didn't follow the law when they actually came in. Yeah, absolutely. Talking to Crane Durham, and uh, I, I, I mentioned this yesterday, the idea that this could be over tonight, which is what Trump predicted last night, which I'm not sure that I agree with the, is going to happen. But the fact that it's the fact that it, it's it's, it's very possible and yeah. in, in, in the discussion, I think if you would ask any of us six months ago that that, that Ron DeSantis would flame out and Nikki Haley and Tim Scott would never really catch on in any real way to compete with Donald Trump, that this would be over by the New Hampshire primary. I would have been I, I would have believed you. My, it would have blown my mind. Uh, but last yeah. night at this rally. Donald Trump said, quote, we started off with 13 Republican candidates. Now we're down to two. And I think one more person will probably be gone tomorrow. Nikki Haley was asked about that statement in an interview today. She said that that's not true. And she said, quote, I don't take orders from Donald Trump. Uh, One interesting development, to be fair, the Haley campaign announced today that they have raised one point five million dollars since Ron DeSantis dropped out. That was Sunday afternoon. <laughs> That's in two days. So I, I I think that the majority of DeSantis voters probably end up going to Trump. But that is a very interesting number that they've raised one point five million dollars just since Sunday afternoon when uh, when when DeSantis dropped out. Out. Uh, she also continued to be on the. This is kind of why I don't think she's going to drop out because they're making there. You know they announced that fundraising number uh, today. And in that interview, she also stayed very much on the attack of Donald Trump. I won't go through all the, you know, various issues, but it's what we've it's it's the same issues that they've been debating throughout. So um, I'm not I'm not in agreement with uh, uh, Donald Trump that tonight's the end of the Nikki Haley campaign officially. But if it is another 20 point blowout or something close to that or maybe even more than that. I, I mean, I already don't really see a realistic way for her, but I mean, I, I don't know that she's going to drop out after tonight, but I think for all intents and purposes, it's probably over after tonight. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you there. I think it's the possibility. Uh, it, she's definitely going to drop out by South Carolina because she's not going to lose her own state. Yeah. What an embarrassment. And that's for her future. I just, hope and pray that we have discussions both outside the party in the sense of our opposition and within our party about the challenges that we face. Because it seems to me we've got a lot of personality here, a lot of emotion, and rightfully so. I get it. I feel it. We all get it. But we've got to talk about policy on how we are going to solve these problems and how we're going to bring America together. Now, a huge part of that is the mainstream media who's divided us and have become racial arsonists. And every time there's an opportunity by the Democratic Party in the form of Joe Biden, he's fanning the flames, attempting to do that, demonizing the people that don't support him. Mm-hmm. So I think there's an opportunity for the Republican Party to make their case about policy and thereby doing that 
elevate them in the sense of, wait a second, here's what they're saying, here's what we're saying. Can I just get petty for a second? Go. I don't know if you've done it. Go, go. I'm a big, big fan of Senator Tim Scott. I am a huge supporter. No. Have you heard his new, like, rally voice? No. That he's been using? Oh. Have you heard it, Craig? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I have. I yeah. support Donald Trump for oh, no. Like, I don't know what's going on. I'm a ghost. <laughs> Somebody told him. Somebody, you know, the knock on him has always been that he doesn't show enough emotion and he doesn't, you know, he he lays back. He's too soft spoken. I think he's overcompensating. I I don't. You gotta go and look at it. He spoke last night. He's he's spoken a couple times recently since he's endorsed Trump. It is Crane. It's weird, right? it yeah, makes me sad, I, though. That makes me sad that he would change. We should see if we could find it break. Something and play a like little that. Because it is, it's, I support Donald Trump. I mean, like, I don't it's know. a ghost. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I've never heard him. I've never heard him speak like that before. Um, yeah. So, I yeah, again, again, just wanted to get that. Just wanted to get that little, uh, that little piece no, off, I, off my and, chest. And see, you all being good friends. If one of us did that, one of us would say to that person, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. And, you know, it's the opposite. Somebody, the the sad thing is, is there's somebody close to him that told him that that was good. (laughs) Somebody's lying to the senator and saying, yeah, there you go. Now you're finding your voice. I think it's, I think, unfortunately, gentlemen, the people lying to him are other conservatives. I think it's like the other really hyped up conservatives being like, here's the energy we needed from Tim Scott. It's like, well, part of the reason we liked Tim Scott is because he was so even keel, like just chilling, being world peace guy, hanging. But I think it's other conservatives that are like, this is the guy that we needed. I'm like, okay. So uh, speaking of Tim Scott, and he he spoke at the rally last night. Vivek Ramaswamy spoke. uh, Doug Burgum spoke. Uh, the next conversation, of course, especially when it is officially over and Nikki Haley drops out, everybody's going to be focused on you know, where do these big name Republicans wind up in the Trump administration if they wind up in the Trump administration. So in a moment, I want to have that conversation with Ukraine and, and uh, pick your brain about vice president and maybe some other cabinet positions. But real quick, I wanted to slip this one in there, too. Um you know, we're, we're we're focused on the Republican Party right now, but there is a fascinating opinion piece that was published today um, on the Fox News website called uh, that the title is Kamala Harris and the awful truth about her White House amateur hour. And it's by um, a columnist named Charlie Spearling um, on uh, is a Fox News contributor. And I want to just give you a little piece of this. It's it's a very long, very detailed article, but I want to give you a piece of this just to really shine some light on. You want to talk about some uh, uh, defective governing, some non-communication and how big of a mess the Biden administration is. Uh, quoting from the article, uh, quote, after three years of her chaos, countless reboots and word salads, 
Americans in 2024 face the choice of whether Vice President Kamala Harris deserves another four years. And maybe not just as vice president. For the first time in recent history, there's a real possibility that 81-year-old President Joe Biden, the oldest president to ever hold the job, might not make it through a second term if reelected. He goes on to point out that voters didn't like her when she ran and that Biden didn't even want her as VP. Quote, his advisors and even uh, his advisors and even his old boss, Barack Obama, convinced him that she was the right one. And one of the last primary debates with Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden had vowed to choose a woman running mate. He was wanting to uh, bring on Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer at the time. But Democrats knew choosing a black vice president was critical to their success in the general election. Biden even confessed to Representative James Clyburn that he was, quote, having a little war between my head and my heart during the vetting process when the party was trying to convince him to select Kamala Harris because he didn't want her. Uh, The article points out that, quote, Biden's family resented the idea of picking Harris, the one person who stabbed Joe in the back during the primaries. Jill Biden was furious, telling donors on a phone call that Harris could go blank herself. Mm -hmm. And Biden's Mm -hmm. sister, Valerie, a close advisor, was not a fan of of Harris either. This is why uh, for a while Biden was trying to convince the party to select Susan Rice instead of Kamala. The article also highlights how the families still don't like each other. It talks about her word salads, her embarrassing lack of progress at the border, her horrible approval ratings. I mean, it is a bashing. It's all there in this article. If you want to just get a full picture of just how bad of a vice president and and just unproductive vice president and, you know, administration in general, this article lays it all out there. It's uh, it's pretty amazing, Crane, but it's all true, right? I mean, like, you when yeah. you hear it, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing when it's all put in one concise article, but there's nothing there that you yeah. read and go that you, don't, that you don't agree with. And as I see it, I, I see mention of how she got her power initially. And so, yeah, it's looking at that, you go, why do we elevate certain people who obviously don't have the skill set? Why do we go away from a meritocracy? Because we're playing BS political games. Identity politics. People with identity politics. Mm hmm. That is Crane Duran from NothingButTruth.com. We are going to uh, talk about the uh, what's next after the New Hampshire primary tonight. Um, how does this Trump administration shape up? Want to get Crane's thoughts on who he'd like to see in the Trump cabinet and possible uh, running mate and more. That's all next here on Colombo and Katie. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Welcome back to Colombo and Cadia on 1019941 NewstalkSTL. Took us a minute to get back there because we're trying to find the Tim Scott sound. We're trying to find him. We found some, but we didn't find the one that I was talking about that uh, that is really funny. We'll find it. We'll find it. It's uh, it's Tim Scott's new rally voice and. <laughs> 
Introducing Tim Scott's rally voice. I don't like it. Uh, Crane Durham from NothingButTruth.com still on the line with us. I want to remind you that coming up just after 3 o'clock in just about 15 minutes from now, we're going to talk to Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft. Uh, Want to get his thoughts on a brand new report out from the state auditor. Scott Fitzpatrick um, had put out a report today that it conflicts with a recent report from Secretary Ashcroft about uh, voting machines and um, election integrity here in the state of Missouri. So want to fill you in on that story and get uh, the insight from Secretary Ashcroft on that and also get his thoughts on the uh, the war that seems to be starting between two sides of the Republican Party in the state of Missouri. Today, the Senate president removed all members of the Missouri Freedom Caucus from their chairmanships. Um, very surprising and definitely the sign of what is going to be a very contentious conversation in Jeff City. So uh, we will dive back into the local politics here in just about 15 minutes with Secretary Ashcroft. Uh, Crane, I wanted to ask you, first of all, let's get our our vote this week. Last week we had to rush it. There was a lot going on, um, but I've been asking Crane every week what the chances are of Donald Trump being on the ballot in November and Joe Biden being on the ballot in November. And if I have this right, again, we kind of rushed it. Last week you said 95% for Trump and 5% Five percent for Joe Biden. Is that correct? Did I get that right? Yeah, possibly. I think it was. Te- I did. I go to five. It might have been um, ten. It was I, really I low. <laughs> I will. I will correct. I will update to ten. Yeah, I think it might have been ten. Okay, so if last week it was ninety-five percent Trump, ten percent Biden, where are we at this week? I would say, barring a, an event outside with health heaven forbid i'll stick with 95 percent trump Mm -hmm. and i will go to 10 i'll stick with 10 percent if i forgot what i said but yeah 10 percent with Biden. gotcha yeah who do you think that that person is uh, that i did we we read a story earlier this week i've always i've always sort of um, discredited the idea of michelle obama being the democratic nominee but reports are out this week that Barack Obama himself is lobbying, negotiating with the Democratic Party from the inside to put Michelle on the ballot. Now, if that is true, that changes everything because I think Barack Obama still calls the shots in the Democratic Party. So I just didn't think that that was something that uh, at, the, at the end of the day, the Obamas would be interested in because they already have all the power and money they need. So I just didn't think that was something that they were going to do. But if I'm wrong about that and these reports this week are to be believed, that kind of changes everything. Do you do you take stock in that the idea of Michelle Obama being the one that's on the Democratic uh, ballot in November? The story hasn't gone away. It continues to have legs. So I definitely think it's a possibility. If she is evaluated on her policy or what she wants to do, her personality. Remember, they turned Rosie O'Donnell and they called her the queen of nights. The mainstream media can do anything. So if it's all putting to some, they'll make her quote unquote likable. So there's a risk there obviously yeah, yeah. i i think that she would be a terrible president but i think she's a much much more difficult candidate to beat for donald trump oh, than yeah. joe biden yeah yeah 
So that, that would scare me. Uh, uh, you know, Trump supporters, I think, should be, you know, worried about that development. And that, that puts even more, uh, importance on the team that Donald Trump puts around him. So, um, um, let's talk about that for a, um, a second here. Um, if you had your choice, if you could pick the perfect running mate for Donald Trump, do you have a person or two in mind for that? And then also, do you think, do you have an idea of a gut feeling of who it could be? Whether and maybe that person's the same, maybe that's the same name, maybe it's two different names. But um, wh- how are you feeling about uh, possible vice presidents at this point? Well, mine are completely unrealistic. I'd say Ted Cruz or I'd mm. say Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. So I know that as your as your picks. most as your favorite picks. Yes, yes, yeah. And now, if we go to who I think will be the vice president, I think I'm lining up with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's I, Katie I and I's. Yeah, that's kind of Katie yeah. and I's pick too. Yeah, she's already done the job. Of, uh, she can become the attack dog. She, she can not threaten his power, obviously, because he's gone after that. And there are, quote-unquote, boxes checked. Not that I'm into that. Right. Yeah, well, no, you're exactly right. And I do I do think, in the end, right now, just, again, my just sort of gut feeling at this point is that it will be a woman. Um, and so Sarah Huckabee Sanders is at the top of the list. Uh, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, I think, is also on that list, at least is, is you know, my what I'm feeling. Um, and then I think there's definitely going to be a role for... Tim Scott, maybe even Vivek yeah. Ramaswamy, and he's already basically yeah. promised Doug Burgum. He's he's basically said in these rallies recently that well, Doug Burgum's yeah. going to be a part of his administration. So, so Doug Burgum would be Secretary of Energy. <clears throat> yep. uh, Vivek's best place would be Department of Labor. Keep him away from uh, foreign policy as much as possible in that vein. <laughs> yeah. And then you have uh, Tim Scott, Housing and Urban Development. Possibly, yeah. He can uh, do a lot. He can be Secretary of State, as far as I'm concerned. Do you guys think that Trump will bring out? I'm looking at Kellyanne Conway right now. Who say what you will about the woman? She has a crazy personal life that is just like, well, but she helped Trump win. <laughs> she did in a big, big way. Big time. She was a shark with the blood. And letting everything circle around her and taking it with ease. I mean, yeah. incredible, incredible media spokesperson for Trump. Do you think people like that will bring themselves? Do you think Trump will bring these people, Some of those back, people back that really helped him with his campaign? That's a great question. I don't know about Kellyanne specifically, but what about that, Crane? Some of the names I, from the past being a. But you think it'll be a whole new team, or do you think we may see some of those big names from the previous administration um, back with Trump this time? It's based on loyalty to Trump. Yes, it is. And oh, yeah. I truly hope that some people are there. Uh, Mike Pompeo, maybe some people who were shepherding the tax cuts through and making it possible and understanding uh, how to deal with Congress in that way, even if you have majorities, both majorities. So I, I hope some people will come back. And uh, General Mad Dog... Uh, I'm yeah. blanking on his name. Mattis. You know, Mattis. Mm-hmm. Mattis, because Mattis resigned ostensibly because he was going to abandon the Kurds. And I thought that was a principal stand, and I think it's the right way to go. Yeah. Think Mike Pence will be back? 
I don't see that. I think for Mike Pence's sanity, no. I love Mike Pence. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think that's going to happen. And that just just like I don't think Ron DeSantis, people are saying, you know, there's there's this group out there saying that. And you just said that you like you'd love to see it, but you said realistically no chance. And that I agree with that completely. This idea that Ron DeSantis, oh Ron endorsed Trump, they're mending bridges, they're going to be okay. No, they, it's it's tepid at best. And, oh, and, and Ron DeSantis can't be because he's from Florida. Pardon me, I <laughs> yeah. you can't have a president and a vice president from the same state. Yeah, and 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 it just wouldn't it wouldn't be a good look for either one of them. They can say that they're yeah. united to take down Joe Biden, but they've just they've they've bashed each other so much and on so many issues yeah, that to suddenly be best friends would just okay. I think damage both of their reputations. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think Ron DeSantis is continuing to do a great job in Florida, and he likes to be at the top of the helm. Yeah, no, I uh, completely yeah. agree. Crane, uh, thanks as always for your time. Great stuff this afternoon. It just seems like it's a crazier and crazier world every time we talk. So uh, can't wait to see what is happening next Tuesday when Crane Durham from NothingButTruth.com is back with us. In the meantime, make sure you check out that website and the Nothing But Truth Facebook page. Crane Durham, thank you, buddy. Thank you. I'll be listening. Great job. I feel like I'm getting the information, but it's out like a fire hose. Yeah, yeah. That's the only way you can do it these days because it is uh, there's a lot going on and uh, really appreciate your help in uh, in getting it all out there. That is Crane Durham, and uh, I'll say real quick about Kellyanne Conway. I don't know that she's going to be a part. I don't know that that relationship is still mm-hmm. there. But for all the drama and all the craziness that surrounded her, and certainly is very true. I had a chance to meet her and interview her when she was here for the debate mm-hmm. in 2016. She is an impressive person. She's she is. Sharp. She is. She's sharp. I got no hate for Kellyanne. Yeah. She's crazy, but I got no hate for her. I agree. All right. We are going to shift back to local politics and start and talk to Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft. He joins us next on Colombo and Katie.